Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. All right, the Joe Girardi Report is brought to you by uh, Winters Brothers, Long Island's number one choice for waste removal and recycling services, and by Peerless Boilers, America's best boiler, built online at peerlessboilers.com. We welcome in uh, Joe Girardi, as always. Joe, welcome. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you? All right, Joe. Um, you know, uh, in the midst uh, uh, of the uh, chaos we saw yesterday, a, a a rough time, and, you know, everyone's talking about dealings with media and everything um in your veteran uh experience of which you had many many years there's some days you got annoyed uh when you got really uh annoyed at the questions how did you control yourself well you just understand that you have a job to do and and sometimes your answers get a little bit shorter uh when you're annoyed but i mean i I've always believed that the riders are doing their job and, and it's our you know, responsibility as a manager to do our job. And, you know, a lot of times I think they know what the answer is, but they have to hear it from you and you have to understand that. And every once in a while you're, you're going to be short because you care so much as a manager and you're frustrated with the losing, you're frustrated the way you're playing, but you really have to learn to control yourself and gather yourself before you go in there. Was it a learned response? Was it easy from the beginning, or did it get easier? No, I think it gets easier, and nobody's perfect. You know, I I had my times that, you know, I wish I could have done some things different, but for the most part, you know, I I would answer all the questions and do my job. But, you know, you have those days. I mean, there's fatigue sometimes involved. You know, you're traveling all over the country, and it's, it's no excuse, but sometimes, your your fuse is a little bit shorter, just like anybody else in the world, and you really have to practice at controlling it. And I think you learn as you, as you go along um, that you're, you're going to have days like that, and, and how do I handle it better? Joe, do you believe in all this rest? I mean, here's an example. The other day we came up with Torres, uh, him not wanting to come out of the lineup when he had a home run streak going. He and Sanchez had hit home runs in back-to-back-to-back games, and they, can't, they sat him down. Um uh, is the programmed rest something you firmly believe in, or is it something that you still need to see more evidence about? No, I believe that it, it, it really plays an important role. I mean, the big thing is that you have the depth. And, you know, you look at the, the Yankees, they have so much depth, and, and they can sit a, a Glaber Torres, and you really don't fall off. You can fit sit a Gary Sanchez, and you still have a ton of offense in the lineup. You know, they're, they're really blessed. Some other clubs aren't so blessed, and there is a huge fall off. And the other thing is they're in first place, and it's easier to do it. You know, when you're in third place and you're looking up, it becomes a little bit more difficult. But everything is kind of aligned for them right now, and it's easy for them to do it. Do you believe in sitting guys off big days, or would you rather sit them when they're cold, or, you, or would you rather sit them when they're hot? I think I'd rather sit them when, when they've had a good day. So, 
you know, they go home feeling good about themselves and they feel good about themselves the next day opposed to, you know, if, if you're, if you're scuffling, let's just say you're a position player, you might come in and take 500 cuts the next day. And it, and it may be more detrimental than, than giving you an off day. So I think it's better when you do it after they have some success and they'll just relax and rest. When you see uh, one thing that we see everywhere, Joe, is how much the bullpens are struggling everywhere, uh, you know, almost uh, universally. Very, no, the Yankees are an exception, but I mean, a lot of divisions where the, the bullpens are just top to bottom, uh, really, really struggling. Um, would you? Lo- we've talked about it. Would you look for a different type of pitcher, maybe for the, for a change, something different? I mean, someone who did something different with the ball rather than everybody just throwing the same way. Well, I think it depends on on what type of arms you have where, where a bullpen struggles and how much depth do you have? I think it, it's probably the depth that's more important than anything. You know, if, if you're a club that doesn't have a lot of depth and you're always interchanging two or three guys and the two or three guys that you bring up for the first time aren't as good as the two or three guys that you sent down, your bullpen is going to struggle. There, there's no doubt about it because um, you're not going to use your closer in a lot of situations. You're not going to use your eighth inning guy. So the next five guys become really important. And maybe the next three or four guys after that become even more important. And I think that's where clubs are running into trouble because the bullpens are being used so much, they're having to shuffle the deck all the time. And they just don't have the depth or the experience to get away with it. And, you know, overexposure, I mean, there's an old saying that overexposure is dangerous. And when you think about starters, it's the third time through. So now they've been exposed. Well, if relievers are being seen consistently day in and day out more often, and you're playing teams 19 times a year, they're going to get used to those guys, and there's not going to be any you know, thing that they haven't seen. So overexposure can be dangerous. You know, we talk about this separation in regular season, uh, postseason, uh, the idea of, oh, it's about performing in the postseason. And we all know how tricky that is, uh, getting that two-out hit or getting that big out and the execution at the proper time, the big hit, the big out, that has to be gotten when you get in the postseason. Well, you, know, you don't know someone in the bottom of the lineup, like last year Jackie Bradley wrecked teams with those three-run homers in the postseason, uh, made such a difference, or Evaldi getting hot or Price getting hot. Um is there anything you can do as you're rolling along with a good team in the regular season to, if not, if not condition your team for the postseason, maybe prepare them or prompt them for the postseason? Well, I think that's where the rest comes, um, comes in really handy. I, you know, I think they are prompting them for the postseason. I think the Yankees understand that they're going to be in the postseason. And, you know, obviously they want to have the best record in, in baseball and they want to have the best record in the American League, you know, the home field advantage because – I think that club is really built for that stadium, the way they hit the ball to right center. Um, but I think the rest is proper. And I just think, you know, the last couple of years, guys are probably extremely hungry. And I think they are prepared for that. And some of these guys have been through it before now. Glaber's been through it. You know, Sanchez has been through it a couple of times. Judge has been through it a couple of times. They're much more prepared for this, and I think we'll we'll do better. So you think the experience gets you? You think that's a big help in the postseason, having been there before? I do. I, I really do. And it's also having a couple starters that can give you some distance so your bullpen doesn't become overexposed. You know, I think about how the Dodgers' bullpen has become overexposed the last couple of years because, you know, guys like Brandon Morrill threw seven times in that series against Houston. He's not a surprise anymore. Um, you know, he throws two or three times, his stuff's going to be much more effective. So 
I think that the depth that they have, the experience that they have, should really help them when they get in the postseason. I know this is probably impossible, but why do some guys just do better? Why does an El Duque flourish in the postseason? Why do certain guys just seem to come to life? Like right now, you know, or at least I feel comfortable that Tanaka will pitch well in the postseason. I've seen right. him do it year after year. He likes the big game. Why are some guys just better in the postseason? Well, I, you know, I think it's in, in all walks of life. Some people are just better when the times get tighter because, you know, you could say it's because of their heartbeat, because of their makeup. They're able to relax in the big situations where they don't try to do anything more than they're capable of doing. And, and you have to have the right heartbeat to do that. And some guys get a little excited, uh, want to try to be the hero, want to try to do more. And I just remember us playing against Texas, you know, in those late 90s, how they were so aggressive offensively in the playoffs. They didn't want to pass the baton, and we fed off of that. I mean, we, ex- we exposed them because we expanded the zone, and they would change because everyone wanted to get the big hit. And it probably cost a really good offense. And, you know, for the Yankees, now that they've been through it, they've been through a Game 7 in the ALCS. They lost to the Red Sox last year, the team that ended up winning the World Series. I think they're much more prepared, and it really comes down to their heartbeats. Can they slow it down? Was El Duque's stuff better in the postseason? I mean, did you? I mean, as someone who was there, I mean, was he just? Was it just that he executed better? Was he better? Did he concentrate more? Was his stuff sharper? Was there anything different about him in the postseason? Well, I just think that you know, probably because of his life experiences, his heartbeat didn't speed up. I mean, this is a guy that you know basically defected from Cuba, probably went through some really trying times in his life. And it was no big deal to pitch in the playoffs. He was, you know, he was on house money. This was, you know, getting to the big leagues was just. And so I think he was able to control his emotions and just really be able to execute pitches. And that's that's really it more than anything else. Like a Bernie Williams, too, just his yeah. ability to relax at the plate, just calm, just be able to yeah. calm down at the plate and let everything be, in, uh, be just – a little slower and just a, a little calmer. Yeah, they say the great ones are able to slow it down. And, and I really believe that. You're able to slow it down in your mind, and you don't try to do anything different than you did during the regular season in a game in May. See, everyone looks for pitches now, Joe, and you know this, and they're all looking for pitches who can somehow flourish in the postseason. They're looking for pitches that'll make a difference. You know, right now, the Yanks know, they'll, as you said, they'll be in the postseason. They're looking for guys who will help them in the postseason. That's a, that's a hard thing to find. It really is because there's. When you look at the National League, I mean, almost every team seems to be in it. Right, they're all I mean, in the they're all in the wild card except for two teams. Yeah, and and the American League, there's probably four or five teams in the wild card there. So there's not there's not as much to be had this year. That's the you know the the, the biggest name we heard was Scherzer. Now, now they're back in it. So what happens over the next two weeks might determine what Washington decides to do. But they're healthy. Their offense. You know, is back together. Their bullpen has pitched better, so you would expect them to continue to win games because they have very good starting pitching. So you, I don't know how much is to be had out there. I mean, Stroman's to be had. He's good and he's pitched in big games. And even though he's an emotional guy, he's emotional all the time. That's just his mo. So I don't think he's going to be more emotional in the playoffs. He's always 
Madison Baumgartner. There's he your guy. I mean, there's. The, is there any reason to believe now that he won't be the same guy a couple of years removed who was so brilliant his whole career in the postseason? Well, I think what you, when, what you look at is his stuff has not quite been as good as it was two or three years ago. But you know that in any big game, nothing's going to speed up for him. Nothing. And that he's going to – nothing. He's going to have the right approach, and that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, I would expect him to be good because every time I've seen him and I've seen him in person in the postseason, man, that guy was in total control of the game as much as anybody I had seen in a long time. I mean, in I mean, complete it was like control. Andy Pettit. Yeah. And he, and, you know, as he got older in, in, in the end of his career, his stuff maybe wasn't quite as good as it was, you know, in the late 90s, but you never worried about his heartbeat. And you knew that he'd be able to perform. And those guys can expose the guys, the hitters, that are over anxious, and that's what happens. What obviously the key is going to be, as you said, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be buyers, not a lot of teams that are going to be sellers. So there's going to be a premium on whatever is available. That's for sure. I agree, but I believe the Yankees are more equipped than any team in baseball to to make trades because they have ready league, ready made major leaguers that they can trade that teams would want. I, I, I mean, a number of them. So. I think the Yankees are in a great spot. No, they definitely, they definitely do, uh, and 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 it's amazing they've done this this year without really any contribution from Stanton or Judge, which is amazing. No, and you know, I, I said it was like, you know, in the month of, of the end of May and, and June, they traded like for five All Stars. You know, Judge Stanton. Um, you know, some pitchers came back. I mean, it, it was amazing. Like the trades that they were making, getting people back. They got DD back. Hopefully, they're going to get Severino back here. Maybe, maybe they'll get the Kansas. I mean, these are five all stars that they're trading for before the July 31st deadline, and they're still in first place. So I don't know how the other teams compete with that. And, you know, DD's been a guy who's been very good in the postseason, too. He's had a lot of big hits. Huge. Um, again, it's a guy whose heartbeat is, is slow, who has fun, who relaxes. And doesn't try to do too much. As we get to the as we get to the halfway point, um, clearly the Dodgers with a thirteen game lead, uh, and clearly the best team in the in the National League, if not baseball, probably baseball. To be fair, um, who else in the National League do you think? Is there anybody you think even gives them a little bit of a tussle right now? Is there anyone you're looking at for the second half? You know, I, I think the Cubs will get better with Kimbrel. Um, you know, I still have concerns because they have some age on their rotation. I still think their offense does not compare to the Dodgers when, when you look at them. You know, from top to bottom, I don't think their lineup is as strong as it needs to be. I think they really need a leadoff hitter. I like the Braves, but I'm not crazy about their rotation. Um, Fulton Evans just got sent down, which, I mean, he was really good last year. Um, so I'm not sure where they're. I mean, it seems like it's the Dodgers and everybody else, but after this, this deadline, a lot of things could happen that could help teams narrow that gap. And, and the Dodgers, when are the Dodgers are going to play a meaningful game again? Not for uh, not, a very long time. Not until October. Not, and, not, not for a very long time, absolutely. And, and it's they're going to have to really turn it on when October gets here. And in the American League, is the, obviously the three teams comfortably in front Tampa's having a good season. 
we know that. There are a couple of the teams playing okay. Texas is playing okay. Cleveland's hanging around right there. You know, it, it, which one would you look for in the second half? Maybe it's the Red Sox. Who would you think is the team that maybe even, if not wins the division, at least becomes a threat in the second half? I think the Red Sox will continue to move up. I don't think anybody will catch the Yankees. I think the class of the American League is the Yankees in Houston, and I would think you would see them in the ALCS. And I think the most important thing for the Yankees is to get home field advantage um, because they're so, you know, they don't lose at home in the playoffs. They don't. And if they were able to secure that, I think you would see a Dodgers-Yankees World Series, which baseball would absolutely Yeah, it's been a long time coming. You know, it's funny, the Yankee righties uh, – now, LeMayu has made a habit of hitting everything to right field, but so many of these guys hit the ball to right right center field where ah, we know everything goes out of the park, but so many of the righties hit the ball to right field. I mean, LeMayu hits it there all the time. And, and Judge, the ballpark is built for him. Gary Sanchez has figured it out, and he's swinging like he did you know, a couple of years ago. Um, that lineup is just so, so potent. Glyber Torres is a, is a great hitter. I mean, Didi's – I mean – you know, they're going to, they're, that offense is going to wear teams down. They're going to have to work to get them out, and they're going to score runs, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. You know, it's amazing. There's very few guys that everyone's right about. Anyone, I never heard anybody say anything except that Torres was going to be a great player, and everybody was right. Every single person, yeah. you, you said it. Uh, every scout you talk to, anyone who saw him in the minor league said it. Nobody ever said anything except he was going to be a great player, and that's what he's become already at a young age. Yeah, I mean, you could just see it, how mature he was as a hitter, the, the way the ball came off his bat, the sound off his bat, his ability to grind out at bats and, and to hit all pitches and to hit all fields. You could just see it. And, um, you know, he's going to continue to get better. I mean, this is a 30-home run guy. I mean, this is what it is. You know, from your middle infield, you you got two guys capable of hitting 30 home runs, and one of them was well-rested in DD. So, I mean, I just feel like Glaber's some kind of player, and, and it's fun to watch young kids have so much success. Two guys in the middle infield can hit 30 and a catcher that can hit 40. Yes, and if he and if he was a strictly a DH or first baseman, he might hit 50. I mean, that's unbelievable when you think about yeah. Sanchez is having an incredible year. You got a center fielder that I believe, if he stays on the field, capable of hitting thirty. I, I mean, who isn't capable of hitting thirty in that lineup? That's the bottom line. No, it is, it, it, and and their their depth is unbelievable. And Lemayu's had a very good season. He's hitting the clutch. Uh, he's gotten a lot of big hits, and he's fitting very very well. Yeah, and it just goes to show you, you know, sometimes you worry about how you're going to get people playing time, right? Yeah. And this guy, this guy, you can't get him off the field, and it, it just works out so well because everyone can get so much rest. Would you think Cleveland will stay in it and push to get that wild card? Um, it seems like their offense is starting to heat up a little bit. They've moved up. You know, they were 14th for most of the year, and they're almost to the top 10. I, I think they have a shot. Um can they catch Tampa and Boston? I don't know. But I'd be, you know, I thought early on, you know, and a lot of this is going to depend on what happens in the two weeks, that they would try to move Bauer, but maybe they try to make one more run. Because if you had to face Bauer and Clevenger in a five-game series, that's pretty tough. I mean, that's, that's pretty tough. I don't think they have enough offense, and I don't think their bullpen's strong enough. But they might make one more run at it, you know, before all these guys. And then if they don't, I think they would move a lot of guys in the offseason. 
Dodgers are thirty-four and nine at home. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that? thirty-four and nine. Yeah. And they just walk off every night. Yeah, fun. that's true. And the other night they called it a pop-up and it went out of the ballpark. So that tells you something, too. You know, that called yeah. it, he said, popped up, game's over, and the ball went out of the ballpark. It's it's amazing. You know, it's really strange when the pitcher points up like it's yes. a fly ball. Yes. And then it goes out of the ballpark. Yeah, or the, run, or, the, or the guy's running back to the wall and he looks up and the ball's in the upper deck. And he's running back to the wall like he's going to catch it and the ball's in the upper deck. I saw a center fielder the other day come in, and the ball ended up over his head out of the ballpark. <laughs> it's taking, they're taking off like golf balls. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's what we ought to do. Give them a golf club and see if they can hit it. <laughs> All right, Joe. Thanks. Th- thanks, Mike. Have a great day. All right. Day. Joe Girardi back after. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.